0: Well, I want to continue this morning with the series we've been doing. We call it Uncommon Sense. Is this, and this is the sixth message in this series. And it's going to go just even a little bit longer. And the last couple of uh, messages we did was about wise thinking. And, you know, wisdom is just so important because knowledge alone is not enough. I've said that stat before that, you know, all the knowledge in the world is duplicating totally, you know, duplicating in 18 to 24 months. So knowledge is rapidly increasing in our world. But we can look around and we can see that knowledge alone is not enough. It's not the thing that's helping. It's not, you know, our leadership and that we've got these different agencies. We've got all over the news. We've got... How many scandals is it? Is it three, supposedly? Two or three scandals that are supposed to be going on in our leadership in the country today. And so we can see, and and look, it's not a democratic thing, a republican thing, independent thing. Because I'm going to tell you, none of them have the answers. It's God. He's the one that's got the answers. It's His wisdom. You say, oh, well this one's better, that one's better. It's incomplete without God's wisdom. And I've got my political leanings and I've got all those kind of things. But without God, it's insufficient. Without His wisdom, it's not enough. Church, we have to have His wisdom. And in your life, when you live your life, just knowledge alone is not enough. We've got to have the wisdom of Almighty God with us and working through us, making decisions and choices that we've got to make. Can I get an amen? amen. Because in Proverbs 4, 7, it says, wisdom is the principal thing. It's the principle. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. So wisdom is the greatest asset that you can obtain. You know, after you get saved, the wisdom of God is the greatest thing that you can get. It says it's more precious than rubies. You know, more precious than gold. I mean, there's nothing on earth more valuable than wisdom. So seek wisdom and get wisdom. Wisdom doesn't begin, however, with the right mindset. It begins with the right heart set. Getting our heart right. in Proverbs 4.23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And this this word heart there, it means inner man, mind, will, heart, understanding. In other words, it's everything about us. And so it's it's who we are. So we've got to get us right, our heart right. And then we begin to listen to the Lord, begin to listen to wisdom, get in His word, listen to His voice. And we get the right heart set, and when our heart's right, we begin to flow in that wisdom that God wants us to flow in. We're receiving from Him. And then all of a sudden, life's not as complicated or hard as it used to be. Life, does it, making decisions aren't as hard. They're just not as hard as they used to be. Making choices, eh, it's not as difficult as it once was. Why? Because wisdom is now. That greatest asset that we've obtained, wisdom is now working in our life. So I've said just a moment ago that the last two weeks... We talked about wise thinking and thinking right. This morning I want to talk about our words and wise speaking because our words are linked to it as well. When you study Proverbs, you know, you you can't just study the book and throw out words because wisdom is linked to our words. When you study, you begin to realize that God's very interested in the words that we say. And what do we use to speak words? We use our tongue, right? And so the tongue is a very important instrument, so to speak, or body part that we have. For one thing, it's one of the strongest, uh, and it's also one of the dirtiest organs that we have. So it's one of the strongest, it's one of the dirtiest. But our tongue also tells a story. You know, I read an article the other day that how, you know, when you stick out, you know, you go to the doctor's office, they stick out your tongue and go, ah, and they stick a little stick in there. You know, on the sides of your tongue... I was reading an article, that they, they can look on the side of your tongue and if there's these ridges or certain ridges or whatever, there's something wrong with your thyroid or something like that. It's amazing some of the things that they can find out just by looking at your tongue. As a matter of fact, in Eastern medicine and in China and so forth, you know, they believe that they can tell any ailment from just looking and examining your tongue. Isn't that amazing? Now, whether or not all that's true, I'm not sure, but... What I do know is that there's some things that they can tell from looking at your tongue. So your tongue tells a story in and of itself. So it's really strong. It's one of the strongest muscles in your body. It's one of the dirtiest organs. But it also tells a story. And so if we're going to be wise, we have to learn to manage this thing called our tongue. And in Proverbs 16, 23, it says, From a wise mind comes wise speech. So if you are a wise person, you need to know what to say, what not to say, and how to say what you say. Did you catch that? Amen. Amen. We need to be able to slow things down sometimes. Sometimes speed things up. I'm gonna, it's a little humid in here. It's, it's a little hot in here today. I'm going to speed things We're going to roll, and I'll get you out so we're not, we're not in the humid for too long. But I want to talk about three important lessons about our words. Three important lessons about our words that we've got to understand, we've got to know. And we have these things in mind. And when we do that, it helps us so much with wisdom. Number one, words reveal the content and the condition of your heart. So if you're taking notes, jot this down. Words reveal the content and the condition of your heart. Now we post all the notes online. You can go to church plugged in and you can click on the message. You can download the notes later if you want to. It has all the scriptures. It has the main points on there. But if not, you know, you can just jot this down. The Bible's full of scriptures on our words. And it's not just in Proverbs. You know, why is that? It's because God is concerned about what we say. He's concerned about what we think. Like we learned the last couple times. And, and have, He wants us to have wise thinking. But He's also concerned about what we say. He wants us to have wise speaking. So, number one, words reveal the content and the condition of our heart. And the thing is, is you know, when we talked about the heart, it's, it's everything. It's that inner man, it's all, it's who we are, it's our mind, will, all of that. And so, you say, well, how in the world do our words, you know, show what's in our heart or reveal what's in our heart? You know, how do you get to know somebody? You do it by talking with them, right? You're using words. You get around them for a little ways. Now, if you, to, if you got with somebody to get to know them and you got in a room and you sat down and no one said anything and you were just sitting there, would you get to know them? No, you don't really. You say you get to know somebody by doing what? By using words and talking with them. By using speech. By using that thing called our tongue and waggling the thing. You know, and we're going, we're talking. And we're rolling right along. And so that's how we get to know somebody is by talking. How do we get to know God? By reading His Word and by talking with Him, by praying with Him, by communicating with Him, by communing with Him. And that's how we get to know one another. And so the words that that other person that speaks that you're sitting next to, it reveals things about them. You'll hear how they giggle. You'll hear how they laugh. You'll hear how they get upset. You'll hear... get frustrated. You'll hear the emotions of how they speak. You'll get to kind of pick up on their personality just by hearing them talk. And when I want to get to know somebody, I like to ask them questions. That's one of the things. That's how I get to know somebody. I like to get them talking about themselves. And people always like to talk about themselves, whether you think so or not, they do. Just try it out. Just test it this week. Go up somewhere, Just start asking questions. You don't share anything about yourself. or You're not talking about yourself. Just start talking. Just asking questions. And then ask another question. Ask they'll just keep talking and keep talking and keep talking. Try it. It works. But you, and you'll get to know them. You'll get to know what's in their heart. You'll get to know how they, you know, you can monitor the condition. Okay, you can monitor the condition of your heart by listening to your own words. You can monitor the condition of somebody else's heart by listening to theirs. You can also monitor your, the condition of your own heart by listening to what you say. By listening to the words that come out of your own mouth. Now we we'll get out of Proverbs for a moment. Let's look at Matthew 12, verse 34. It says, you brood of vipers. Now Jesus is talking. He's talking to religious leaders of the day. Those that are just a little too stuck on the law. And he's saying, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart... The mouth speaks. So we see right there, the out of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of the good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of, the, out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. Verse 36 I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word that they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. And some, you know, uh, you say idle words, they'll say idle or careless or or what have you, different types of words there, but uh, different kind of words for the words that we're describing. Idle words, careless words, words that we spout off and we didn't think about before we said it. That's really what it's talking about. Where we were careless with our tongue, we were careless with what we said, and we spoke negative instead of positive. We spoke negative over our life, or we spoke negative over somebody else's life. Our words are powerful. Our words are important. And when the pressure is on in life, Oh man, that's when words really reveal what's in the heart. When the pressure of life starts coming in, when the concerns of life start going on, that's where you start to see what somebody's made of, right? That's when you start to see what's there. You know, it's amazing what we get concerned about and what little children get concerned about. You know, my little, my little guys, you know, they, they get concerned about how much food's on their plate. Or, you know, they didn't get enough or they didn't—they got something that they didn't like. Or, oh my goodness, my Lego is just not going with this Lego and the Lego, it's just not working. It, 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 you know, I can't build this thing. You know, they get real frustrated, and then you start to see this frustration come out, and they get upset. Or when they can't do something, when, when they're told no, sometimes they they really had their heart set to do that, and they get all upset. And we're thinking, man, this is such a small thing in the grand scheme. And I used to, and sometimes I, I, I would think, and when the children say, "I wish that's all I had to be worried about," right? My toy not working. You know, we've got so much more to be concerned about, worried about, right? We're worried about the money in the account and the bills. We're worried about the job. We're worried about putting clothes on the kid's back. And he's worried about his toys not working right. And we're thinking, oh my goodness, right? So there's all these things that they get so concerned. And it's such a huge, I'm like, it's okay, I'll fix it. It's all right. And then you put it together. Okay. And they calm down. It's like, calm down. And a lot of times, I believe that's what God's looking at us and doing. Because when the pressure's on, it's coming in, and we're freaking out because we don't have the money about this or or this or this this things going on with this family member or this is going on, and we're upset. And God's saying, "It's okay. It's okay. It's okay." And we just need to. And begin to speak His Word. And begin to speak positive. Speak His words over the situation. Begin to pray over that situation. And watch God move because He cares about what we say. He responds to the words that we speak. Amen? Amen. And when you clean up your heart, you will have a cleaner mouth. Amen. Amen? When you clean up your heart, you get a cleaner mouth. And part of what helps us to clean up our hearts... In our mouths is the realization that number one, A, God sees what's in your heart. Just knowing, you say, Well, well, I knew that. No, I mean, really knowing, really, really thinking about understanding that God sees what's in the heart. See, sometimes you can fool other people for a while, but you can't fool God, right? You can't fool Him. He sees what's in the heart, He knows what's there. We can make you know, people think that we're good or we're righteous for a time. But you can't fool God. You can't fool Him and make Him think that you're good or righteous or you know for a time or whatever. So when we know and we understand and we really think about, Oh man, God sees what's in the heart. That causes us, that prompts us to change. It prompts us to get in His Word. It prompts us to pray. It prompts us to make some changes on how we think. It prompts us to make some changes on how we speak. And the second thing is that God hears what comes from your mouth. It's not like you're talking with your wife and having this argument and God's just like somewhere else and then you can leave the room and then go say, hey, what's up, God, and talk to him. It's not like, you know, he didn't hear what you just said. You know, it's like, I, I used to think, well, why in the world do I say, well, do I say to God, God, I just blew it, you know, when he already knows it? Remember, God cares about what you say too. He wants you to hear it. He wants to hear that too. He wants it to hear it come out of your mouth. Just like that other person where you're having a disagreement with, they need to hear. Man, I messed up. I blew it. I, I goofed this up. I messed up. God wants to hear that too. He needs to hear it. He wants to hear. That he's king of kings and lord of lords. He wants to hear it coming out of your mouth. Even though he already knows it and it's true and he knows all. It doesn't matter. So when we say, Lord, you're king of kings. You're lord of lords. You're, you're awesome. He takes delight in that. Because he cares about what you say. He cares about what you're thinking. The second thing is. Is that words control. Second lesson here. Words control the direction of your life. This is so important. Words control the direction of your life. So, TJ, what what do you mean? You know, they have uh, boats have a rudder on it, and a rudder is this little small thing. Usually, it's not too big in comparison to how big the boat is. You know, you get an 18 and a half foot boat, the rudders r- rudder is probably about like that big. You get one of those really huge big you know cruise liners. Well, the rudders are a lot bigger, but in comparison to the whole boat. That rudder is still small no matter what. It's a small device that's controlling the direction of the boat. Just like our tongue is a small thing in comparison to you know, our whole body, but our tongue is the rudder of our life. The words that we speak using our tongue is controlling where we're going. It's controlling what, what decisions we make, what choices we make. We use our mouth to make those decisions we use our mouth to make those choices so the tongue is the rudder of our life and proverbs 10:11 says the words of the godly are a life-giving fountain and so when you being godly a godly christian godly person when you when you're speaking words out you know as a godly man a woman of god you're speaking a life you're speaking something that, that's going to help you but when you're not you're speaking something that's not going to help you and james Three verse two, James is an excellent book. I, if you haven 't read James, there's so many good like truths packed in uh, I, there's just so many good things in there for life. Take a look at James. be sure and read the rest we 're going to read just a few verses. there's even more here on this subject that we 're talking about in James chapter two, uh, three. Read the whole chapter it 's good stuff. Verse two, for we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle. His whole body. So, did you catch that? If any man does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. In other words, what you say—if you're saying good stuff, you, man—you've got the whole—you've got the rest of it under control. You've got the rest of it's a piece of cake. The rest of it's easy. Just work on what you're saying. Just work on the tongue. Uh, you know, just say work. know speak to that (laughs) we got to get it to speak right verse 3 if we put bits into the mouths of the horses so that they obey us we guide their whole bodies as well little small bit my you know my daughter she rides horses and you know she puts the bit in the horse's mouth i was watching her i took her to the lesson the other day yeah it smells but it's neat watching her do it and um she puts the little bit, in it, and it, I'm amazed at how small that little thing in there, and it's, she's got the reins, and it just, that horse goes where she pulls on that bit in that mouth, and it just goes. And that horse is huge. That horse is very powerful. I remember, you know, she was getting the horse ready, and the horse kept, his head kept bending down, and was getting in her way, and she goes, stop it, and would just push on that horse. And it was like she had to do everything just to move that horse to get it into position. I mean, really, put that horse is strong, but yet, you know, my 13-year-old daughter can get on that horse, and I, I saw little girls in the class before. I mean, these girls were that big, tall. Little girls, get on these big horses and just move that horse where it needs to go. Such a powerful thing, little girl, you know, get on there and move that horse around. I'm telling you, your words, your mouth, I mean, it, it directs everything. It directs it all. It, your words control the direction of your life. Look at the ships in verse 4. It says, look at the ships. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, right? We talked about that. Wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a force is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. Verse 7, for every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. We need God to help us tame our tongue. Amen. We need Him to help us with the words that we're speaking so that we're speaking life. We're speaking positive. That we're not speaking negative. That we're not speaking negative words over others. I mean, how many of us, you've spoken over someone or someone spoke to you and it hurt? on the inside. You know that whole thing, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt hurt me. I'm rubber, you're glue, bounces off me and sticks to you. It's just not true. It's just not true. We used it as a defense mechanism when we were young, but it doesn't work. The only defense mechanism we've got is God. That's the defense and His Word. Knowing who we are so that those that speak those negative words, we can turn right around and speak life and speak positive. We can speak good. We can return the good for the evil. Because sticks and stones may break my bones. Yes, yeah, they will, but words will too. They'll mess something up way worse than having a broken bone. They can cut down to the inside and cause a lot of damage. Four words that show how your tongue is like a rudder, controlling the direction of your life. Number one, commitments. Number two, promises. Number three, vows. And the fourth one is decisions. All of these things, we use our mouths. We use it to control the direction. of We make commitments. We make promises. Hey, when we got married, those of you that are married, you make a vow, right? You make vows. You do it what? With your mouth. Guys, if you went down that altar... And you're gonna stand there, and she just went through and just repeated every line, and the tears are coming out. She goes, "I do." And if you stood there and you repeated every line, and and, and, you know you didn't need to get down to the "I do," and you just and she's looking at you, and the and the preacher kind of leans in, and you're just like, "Is that gonna fly with her?" You ain't gonna be able to do no head shake. That ain't gonna work. You're going to have to go, I do. Because she's, she's not looking for a head nod. She's looking for the emotion. She's looking maybe for a little tear, maybe. She's looking for that I do. A little head nod and you can push your lips out. It ain't going to work. Forget that. You're going to have to say it. You're going to have to tell her, baby, I love you. I give till death do us part. You're going to have to say those words. You can't just go up there. Mm-hmm, 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 and you need to shake your head. That ain't going to work. She wants to hear it. You make that vow with your mouth. You make the commitments with your mouth. In Romans 10 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, a person believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth, he confesses, resulting in salvation. It's with the mouth. That we were even saved. We had to confess. It was with our mouths. Confession to salvation. Number three, the third lesson is words sow the seeds of your future. And words, I, I mean, they are all around us. And if you think about how many words are spoken. We've got websites, radio, TV, Facebook, Twitter. Words are just everywhere. Written, spoken, it's all over the place. The average male speaks seven to ten thousand words a day. The average female speaks, we're not gonna go there. <laughs> you can look it up later if you really want to. I don't want to be in trouble. I love you, ladies. Love you. All right, words are like seeds. We're moving on. Words are like seeds. They're getting planted all around us. There's so many words, they're everywhere. A harvest doesn't happen by itself. People say, I don't like my life. I don't like the way my children act. I don't like this. I don't like that. If you don't like your harvest, check your seed. Did you hear this? Look, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. If you don't like what's going on in your life, if you don't like the harvest that your life is producing, check your seed. Check the words. It's just because everything you do in life is a seed, especially the words that you speak. Especially words, A, have power. They have a lot of power. Words have a lot, a lot of power. There was one young man who got told all growing up when he was little. His mom, you know, he was kind of a wild little guy, and he would run around. And he would do this, and his mom said, "You little monster! You little monster! Come do the get over here!" And she would say that all the time, "You little monster! You little monster!" All growing up, and when he was 18, he went, he got out of the house. He put tattoos all over his face, put piercings all over. And it, and when you look at it, and look, and I, I'm not sitting here. I'm not. I don't. I'm not sitting here saying. Tattoos are bad or earrings. I'm not saying any of that stuff. But what this guy did, he put it all over his face. And when you look at him, he looked like a monster. That's what he looked like. It didn't look good. It wasn't the little fashionable tattoo on the arm that looks kind of cool, right? It wasn't that stuff. It was something else. He turned into what his mother said he was all growing up. Words have power, words get planted. Words get planted. Encouragement can really build someone up. You know, there's another, another man, he was told all growing up, and then when he got you know older and everything, he had dark hair, he said, you're tall, dark, and handsome. You're tall, dark, and handsome. His mother told him this, just all growing up, that he was tall, dark, and handsome. You know what he believed? That he was tall, dark, and handsome, but he was only 5'10". He walked around and then one day he discovered, somebody said, you know, he saw, hey, you're, you're, you're not tall, you're actually short. And he said, no, I'm not, I'm tall. And he thought everybody, you know, shorter than him was short and everybody taller than him was a freak. <laughs> He's 5'10", tall, dark, and handsome. Why? Because his mom told him, you're tall, dark, and handsome. So he believed it and he stuck his chest out and he walked with confidence because the word got planted in him. Words have power. They get planted and then they reproduce. Tall, dark, handsome. Now that same man, that same man was told when he was in kindergarten that he was a slow learner. And he was told by the next teacher he was a slow learner. His mom believed it. So his mom said, Well, I guess you know, you learn. He got held back in fifth grade. And by the, time, by the time he was in fifth grade, he could barely read. If that, he couldn't write. I mean, because he was told and the seed was planted you're a slow learner, you're a slow learner. Don't tell your children they're a slow learner, don't tell them they got ADD. Who cares? Tell them what you want them to be. Amen. Tell them what the word says. Encourage them. Build them up. Don't tell them you always do that. You always do this because it's getting planted. Are you hearing me, church? Speak over your own life and speak over your family. Speak words of life speak words of encouragement build up don't tear down in proverbs 12:13 says an evil man is ensnared by the transgression of his lips but the righteous escape from trouble from the fruit of his mouth, the man is satisfied with good, and the work of a man's hand comes back to him. Proverbs thirteen two whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. In Galatians 6, 7, it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever one sows, that will he also reap. Speak words of life over your finances. Speak word of life over your family. Speak words of life to all these young ones. Maybe you're here today. You grew up. You got words spoken to you and they were negative. Your mother, your fathers didn't know this. They didn't understand it. They didn't know what to do. And they spoke all this stuff and they tell you you're no good. Maybe you were in school and you were bullied. When I was in 6th and 7th grade, I got bullied every single day. Words were cutting me left and right. I held unforgiveness for years and then I realized... I can't do this anymore. I had to let it go and I had to forgive them. And God restored and healed my heart. Folks, there's people here today, there's some of you here, you've been, you've been told stuff that just it wasn't true and it affected your life. How many want to get healed up from some of that? How many want to move on the, the negative words, some of the stuff that you bought into the enemy? He just constantly, he just speaks negative. And he speaks over life and says you're no good and says you can't do it. The first time this man right here told me he was going back to school, I thought, "Man, I can't do that." You know what I told him? I said, "You can do that, and you're going to do good." Didn't I? I'll never. You're going to. You're going to do good. You're going. You're going to pass it all. Why? Because God is there. God will help you through it. God will help you through anything. Anything that God's birthing. Or anything that God's telling you to do, God will help you through it. Don't listen to the negative. Let's all stand on our feet right now. The anointing of God is in this place. I tell you what, church. This, this morning, I want us, we're going to pray right where you're at, but there's a problem in this nation, and, and there's a huge campaign going out, and, there's, and the political parties get all involved, and it gets all goofed up, but there's something called bullying in this nation, and it stinks, it stinks. We've got young people, we're reading in the news all the time, and these young people are killing themselves. Because, uh, because they've been told all this stuff. They've been, they've been torn down and just brought down. It stinks. We need to pray for our nation. We need to pray for our children. We need to pray for wise laws going into place in our schools. Because so many times it, it, they're overwhelmed. The officials and, and, and the school administrators, they're overwhelmed. They don't know what to do. They don't understand this thing. And they don't have the wisdom on how to deal with it. But we're seeing the commercial, we're seeing some awareness, we're seeing some things come out. But the number one uh, cause uh, of death for teenagers right next to car wrecks is suicide. It's second to car wrecks. They're killing themselves on purpose. Why? Because, so many, because things that happen to them and they're torn down, they're made fun of, they're getting poked at. We've got young girls who go to parties, they're getting drunk, they end up getting raped by their, by their friends and then everybody makes fun of her. Tell me that ain't wrong. That it's just it's backwards, church. It's backwards. We've got to pray. We've got to seek God. Some of you here are carrying around some serious hurt and some pain from some things that are going. I want to tell you this morning that God can heal that hurt. God can heal that pain from words that have been spoken. God can bring you out of that. You are the head. You are not the tail. All things are under your feet. I'm going to tell you, you are loved. You're loved by me. You are loved by God. You will be a success. You can be a success. Just get in God's Word. Just seek Him. Don't listen to all the negative around you. Yes, you're going to have that house. You're going to have those things. It's not wrong for you to have. That stuff It's not wrong for you to have God wants the best for his children Don't listen to the lies that says Oh I'm never going to have this I'm never going to have that Church you're going to have it Start believing it Start looking at it Start looking for your situation to turn around. Believe God for a miracle. We had prayer this morning, and God said in prayer time, was speaking through Tracy and saying, miracles this morning. I believe God wants to do a miracle on the inside of you. God can heal you physically, yes, but God wants to heal the inside right now. Who in here needs some healing on the inside? Look, I'm not looking for you to come down, get hands up. Who needs some healing on the inside? Just raise your hand if you've been hurt by words. Look at the hands right now. Everyone look around, there's hands. My hand's in the air. I've been affected by words. I've been affected by what I've been told. I know that I'm I'm coming out of that in Jesus' name. This church is coming out of that. We're moving forward and we're moving on and everything else is in the rear view mirror. How many of you know that it's high time that this stuff get in the rear view mirror? It's time for us to put it from behind and not look back. I don't even need a rear view mirror anymore. I'm moving forward. I don't care when anybody that's said to me in my past, I don't care that they told me I was too short. I'm only five, seven and three quarter inch. Yeah, I measured it all. I know every little bit, you know, cause I wanted to see how tall I really was. I'm short. You know what? It doesn't matter. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Church, let's pray. Father, right now in the name of G- every hand that's raised. Lord, I thank you for doing a work in the heart of every hand that's raised. I thank you for healing up every single hurt from words that were spoken. And we just crush those words right now in the name of Jesus. We uproot that seed that was planted that has produced bad fruit. We just uproot that seed right now and unplant that. And right now, Lord, I thank you for planting seeds of positive. Lord, right now in their heart, I thank you for speaking right now positively over them. Love, right now we speak love into every single heart. We speak strength, righteousness, peace, joy, in the Holy Ghost right now in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. No more hurt. No more pain. Father, I thank you that your salve is coming in and touching every single person that's got their hand raised right now. And by the sound of my voice, Lord, we, we will say right now, we commit to you that our words, we're putting a guard on our mouth, that our words, we are going to speak positive. We're going to speak life. Father, we believe your word and we're going to speak your word. We're no longer going to speak words of doubt. We're no longer going to speak words of unbelief. We're going to speak what you want us to speak. In Jesus' name, Lord, we give you all praise, glory, and honor for it. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If you believe that, give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah.